1: Is Joe Biden in his first 100 days already worse than Jimmy Carter? And did Prince Harry really say that our First Amendment is bonkers? Nigel Farage is here with some choice words for the Prince. And we will show you the viral video of a Hollywood star lecturing a masked Nazi Costco manager about how mask laws are ridiculous. And we'll show you the science to back it up. All of that tonight and more on Dr. Gina Primetime. It's common knowledge that Jimmy Carter is one of the worst, if not the worst president in the history of the United States of America. But some are now saying that Joe Biden may actually take his place in the prestigious title of worst president ever. May take it away from old Jimmy. We haven't seen the big three of gas lines, high inflations and the Middle East on fire since the late 70s. But now history is repeating itself and in amazing fashion. Joe Biden accomplished this after just 100 days. Impressive, Joe. All he had to do was just to do nothing. The economy was opening back up. Businesses were hiring. The elderly were getting the vaccine, and Cuomo was no longer sending COVID patients to nursing homes. We were all well on our way to herd immunity, Joe. And Israel had just signed four historic peace deals with Arab countries. But when things are going well, you can't rationalize the redistribution of trillions of tax dollars. So Joe and Kamala, you didn't have to come in and mess things up, but wow, being president is hard. Someone should have just informed Joe and Kamala of this because sometimes you have to worry about the country and not just political power for your party or making the last president look bad somehow. Is Biden worse than Carter? Well, almost now that the world knows that the U.S. is willing to pay a ransom to Russian hackers to unlock our pipeline software. Well, Biden had better not hope that he doesn't see an Iranian hostage crisis just like Jimmy Carter did. If that happens, Joe Biden will for sure take the title of worst president ever, away from old Jimmy. We're going to talk about all of this with former White House Deputy Press Secretary Hogan Gidley coming up. But up next, Prince Harry, he says, our First Amendment is bunkers. Yeah, he came into your house and told you what he thinks about it. Mr. Brexit himself, Nigel Farage, he's going to tell him. Tell us what he thinks about Harry. And it's going to be all of that right here and more on Dr. Gina Primetime. So you're not going to want to miss it. Stay right where you are. More right after this.
2: Man, that sunset is gorgeous.
1: Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh,
3: burger time.
1: So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got
0: thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
3: I could stay here forever.
0: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download
1: the app or visit Carvana.com today. And welcome back to Dr. Gina's Prime Time. Now, Prince Harry taking a lot of heat right now for comments he made on a podcast about our constitutional rights. He used the word bonkers when referring to our first amendment freedom of speech. Now our constitutional freedoms are easy to take for granted here in the United States. Freedom of speech isn't a thing anywhere else in the world. That is purely an American idea. In Great Britain, if you say something nasty about Islam, you might just get a visit from the police. Although, Right now, there are a lot of reports of Brits saying some really nasty anti-Semitic things about Jews in Israel. So will they be rounded up? Here with me now to discuss all of this, the founder of the Brexit movement and my very good friend, Nigel Farage. Nigel, great to see you. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight.
3: No, Gina, happy to be. And Prince Harry, it just gets worse and worse and worse. I mean, it was bad enough, the interview that they did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, where virtually everything that they said proved subsequently to be wholly untrue. And and now, yes, you're right, the attack on the First Amendment, its very existence is what's, made, is what's making the news. But Gina, please don't forget, he also, in that interview, criticised his father, criticised the Queen, and his late grandfather, Philip, who died just the other week, saying they were all terrible parents. Uh, and I, I just hope at some point Americans see through this couple because when they left the UK, they said they couldn't stand the press scrutiny. They were going to go live quietly in Vancouver Island. Well, if they'd stayed in Vancouver Island, you know, they could probably expect the press to leave them alone. But instead, you know, they're in L.A. He's giving interviews to every social justice warrior he can possibly meet and then complains that the American press want to talk about him. And I think the word for both of them is hypocrite.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because it's it's sort of um, an unwritten thing that if you're going to move to another country, you generally speaking don't go there and criticize something as sort of personal and fundamental as their constitution. Um, I've heard you speak all over this country. I've never heard you do anything except be extremely complimentary of the things that you like about America. And this is generally speaking what I've heard from other folks who've come uh, from other countries. Uh, This is really sort of breaking an unwritten rule, isn't it? Where do you think this comes from in him to sort of feel, is this a generational thing? Or is this a a special thing that has to do with being royal? Where do you think this psychology comes from?
3: Well, you're right. I mean, you know, generally, when you stay in somebody else's house, uh, you kind of accept their rules, uh, and you're generally pride, pride about, about their hospitality. I, I, mean, I mean, look, he also hasn't studied history, because the last senior royal that told people in North America how they should live their lives was called george the 3rd and it didn't end very well for him so i suggest that harry looks at history i <laughs> honestly I, honestly i mean these two they are completely beyond the pale they are awful they are hypocritical they are insulting uh, and I, I feel so sorry for the queen because the Queen can't answer back on any of this. And I would think she would be, I mean, she's known 14 American presidents, you know, and we, we and had good relations with all of them. And I should think Amazing. today, seeing him getting involved and criticizing your rights of free, enshrined rights of free speech, I would think she's absolutely horrified. And I'm here in the USA at, at the moment, as a Brit on tour, and I'm talking about parallels between our country. And frankly, I'm just embarrassed for this guy.
1: And the irony is, really, Nigel, if you think about it, it is that right to free speech that permits him to come to okay. this country and to say such things. Because if you went to many countries in this in this world and criticized their constitution, you'd be locked up or at least deported in a hurry. Uh, correct? But, you know, the irony, the other irony here regarding Harry is that he doesn't have a whole lot of free speech in his own marriage does he
3: well no i think we know who wears the trousers don't we i think that's that's been pretty clear right from day one uh, that megan is the boss because you know he's given up and um, all his military titles he's given up everything uh, to be with megan and i have to say the best quote on all of this i think came from donald trump and trump said i wish harry a whole lot of luck because, boy, he's going to need it. And so it's turning out. He's turned his back on his family. He's turned his back on his country. He's turned his back on his regiments. And now he's effectively turning his back on the country that's hosting him. I I, I find the whole thing uh, just sort of like a Shakespearean tragedy unfolding before our very eyes.
1: Yeah, he better hope that marriage works out, because he's just not going to have a lot of friends left over if not. Nigel, free speech is is not really something that the Brits uh, enjoy, at least not to the degree uh, that we do here in the U.S. And right now, as rockets fly in and out of Israel, there are a lot of reports of anti-Semitic language being thrown about in Great Britain, London specifically. So, Nigel, will the British anti-hate speech laws be used when the spheres are anti-Semitic?
3: Well, this is really interesting. I mean, if a group of white, far-right extremists went into a black part of London and started shouting abuse at the residents, I mean, they would all be rounded up and put in prison immediately. But what happened yesterday is we saw large convoys of cars driving through Jewish quarters of North London, not only waving Palestinian flags out of the windows and sunroofs, that, that in itself would have been quite provocative no they were on loud shouting and I, i'm not even going to repeat any of it on your show but shouting the most horrible uh, sexual violent type speech um, about jewish women and girls and, and frankly I, I think it's one of the most disgusting things i've ever seen in my country we also had a rabbi uh, that was beaten up we had one guy who was muslim who actually said "Look." Maybe we should think a little bit more about Israel's side of this. His house was broken into and vandalised. And And all of these dreadful things took place in my home country of England yesterday. So far, there have been a total of six arrests, yet there were hundreds of people involved in this. Um, And the BBC, our beloved state broadcaster, uh, chose on their bulletins last night not to even cover the story. So there's a real question today. Wow. Is everybody going to be policed? Equally, is the law going to be applied equally within the United Kingdom, or are some groups somehow exempt?
1: Unbelievable, uh, Nigel. One of the things you are doing right now is you are on a tour of America right now. Tell us about it.
3: Yeah, I'm here with Freedom Works, who are a conservative grassroots organization, a very large conservative grassroots organization, and these are the men and women that go out and knock on doors. These are the men and women that put the signs up. These are the men and women that do the real hard work. And you know something, successful politics is as much about perspiration as it is about inspiration. And I know that since the events of last November and with what's happening in American cities and with many of the things that Biden is proposing to do, a lot of conservatives here have been effectively in mourning for the last few months. And I've come with a message, which is this, We voted Brexit back in 2016. And yet, nearly three years later, Brexit hadn't been delivered. And many said it never would be delivered. And I launched a grassroots fight back in the United Kingdom. It was successful. We got rid of the Prime Minister, Theresa May. We've now not only got Brexit done and got a 70% approval rating now for Brexit, but we've also, in England, completely destroyed The socialist labor party they are unconscious on their back on the floor knocked out and the message i'm bringing is just because things look tough that's not the moment in life to get disillusioned that's the moment to get organized to get planning for these big midterm elections in which i think the republicans can have a phenomenal success and the more democrats the more left-wing democrats in dc talk about cancel culture talk about transgender athletes. The more they put themselves away from the working classes, the blue collar families, many of whom have voted Democrat for generations, many of those, as we've proved in England with the Labour Party, are now up for grabs. So it's an upbeat, uplifting message, uh, and I'm effectively in a different state every single day of the week. Uh, So it's a little bit grueling, but I do think that message of hope that I'm bringing, it's rather similar, Gina, to the message i took to mississippi in 2016 when well, i said look we've beaten the global establishment by getting a vote for brexit if we can do it donald trump can do it and i'm back here 5 years later with a similar optimistic message
1: just while we're on the topic because you know with harry bashing our country and our constitution i want to give you a chance to say what your favorite thing about america is
3: the positivity uh, you know my first job was working in 1982 for the rather famous, or shall we say infamous, Wall Street House, Drexel, Burnham, Lambert. Um, And I've been to most of the states in the USA, and the greatest thing about this country is the can-do, positive attitude that in America, regardless of your background, anything is possible. And and I think the the more this country hangs on to that optimistic hope for the future, the American dream that anyone can succeed, that's the thing, above all, that I love.
1: Thank you so much for being here. We've enjoyed you so much. And you got me through this uh, coughing cold that I have, but we made it through. And I'm just so honored to have you. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you.
1: The New York Post editorial board posted a piece on their website with the title, Joe Biden is proving even more of a master of disaster than Jimmy Carter. And they make the case that we haven't seen the gas lines, inflation, and a mid-east crisis since the Carter years. And add to that the border crisis we see now, and suddenly you have a worse situation than the Jimmy Carter presidency. Here with me now to discuss the former White House Deputy Press Secretary, Hogan Gidley. Hogan, great to have you back again. Thanks for being with us.
4: I really appreciate the time, Gina. Thanks so much.
1: Hogan, now... I mean, it's it's a tough comparison, I know, and we've only had just a little more than a hundred days of Biden, but he's he's gone to he's gone to his uh, his best uh, I would say his best uh, measure to try to compete with Jimmy Carter for being Carter for being worse than him. Has he made it? Is he worse than Jimmy Carter?
4: Yeah, he's much much worse. Dr. Gina, look. Um, This man has been an unmitigated disaster um, from day one. And all the record setting success we were able to accomplish with Donald Trump in just four years, Joe Biden has tried to destroy in just four months. I mean, think about where we were under Donald Trump. I mean, an economy that was unmatched, that had never seen the highs that we were experiencing. And he rebuilt the economy not once, but twice. After the pandemic, he did it again. He developed and distributed a vaccine that was uh, effective on a virus that no one had ever seen before in record time. He had peace deals in the Middle East where no one thought that was possible. Um, We had energy independence for the first time in decades, which as you know is good for prices at the pump and heating and cooling your home, but it's also a national security issue. And of course, our border was locked up tight. We had record low crossings for uh, illegal immigrants, uh, record low numbers of of drugs coming into this country, human trafficking, child smuggling, those things were all on the wane because of Donald Trump's policies. Joe Biden comes in and reverses all of it. So when you see those successes and Joe Biden tries to do the opposite, what do you think is going to happen? We're going to have failures. And what you see now at the border with people coming across almost 200,000 per month, illegally and unlawfully into this country during the time of a pandemic. Um, He has made people be very concerned and worried about taking vaccines with all the mixed messaging, saying even after you take the vaccine, it's patriotic. You should keep wearing your mask. Um, The the energy independence, I mean, up and down the eastern seaboard, I was going to go see my mother last week and didn't get a chance to because there wasn't any gas along the way. I was terrified I'd just get stuck out there because 80% of the gas in her state... Um was gone. That's Joe Biden's America, Middle East, um, uh, turmoil, something that Donald Trump stopped. joe biden is 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 uh, kind of ramping up and allowing, uh, you know Iran, the largest state sponsor of terror, to have money again from this country, which is absolutely ridiculous. And look, it's obvious, most foreign leaders, um most foreign regimes will often test a new president in this country to see. You know, how they can react. So that's not unique. What's unique is that Joe Biden has failed every single one of those tests. And the American people, I think, are so sick of it and so angry at where he's taken this country uh, negatively in just a short amount of time that we look really good to take back the House in 2022, expand in the Senate, and uh, it poises us nice for a 2024 run to get Joe Biden out of that White House.
1: But Hogan, wouldn't you think that Joe Biden would try to be careful to avoid the pitfalls of the Carter years? I mean, everyone thinks of that as a failed presidency. Everybody thinks Carter's a pretty nice guy. But it's because he was seen as such a weak president. Biden was in D.C. 40-some years ago when the world was burning, and Carter was making it worse. But maybe right. I guess Biden doesn't really maybe even remember very much about that. But you'd think even his advisors, at least his wife, would try to tell him, you don't want to be Carter.
4: Well, I think he's past Carter. Look, he's already losing battles, um, you know, with with other heads of state uh, pretty, pretty regularly right now as they're kind of running all over him. Uh, he's showing his weakness. He's losing battles that, that Jimmy Carter didn't lose with teleprompters. He's losing battles with staircases. Joe Biden just can't buy a win right now. And that's why I think one of the things that's so egregious is this reversal on wearing masks in this country for purely political reasons. Let's let's take a moment and step back and remember exactly what Joe Biden was talking about, as I mentioned in the previous question, which was, it's patriotic to keep wearing your mask after a vaccine. He said that just a few days ago. Rochelle Lewinsky, uh, Walensky over at the CDC said that she expected some dark times coming into this country, she felt it in her bones. Not with any science, she just felt that way. Uh, Dr. Fauci just the other day said, oh, we're wearing masks, and by the way, we're probably gonna have them all the way through next Mother's Day, which is a year off. So time and time again, this administration has told us that masks were here to stay. And all of a sudden, not pointing to any new science, not pointing to any new study that shows why they've reversed, they've all of a sudden just decided to reverse the mask. Now look, I'm not complaining. I think most of the American people understand you have a vaccine that's 99% effective in most cases, you don't need to wear a mask afterwards. But do they think the American people aren't paying attention? The head of the the teachers union, Randy Weingarten, who forced Joe Biden um, to use her language in some of his mask mandates and guidance, um, has kept our schools shut down for the past year, even though the science said they should be open. Now, all of a sudden, even she is saying we need to have our masks off. We need to back be back at full capacity in our classrooms. What are you joking? Do you think we don't see what you guys are doing? The problem with Joe Biden and his White House right now is that he has politicized these doctors. They're basically, you know, white coat politicians at this point, making these decisions based on politics. They know Joe Biden had a rough few weeks. They know the American people are fed up. They know inflation is coming into this country, creeping in because of the bad policies of the Joe Biden administration. So they had to try and change the narrative. And they did so with a mask mandate reversal that, quite frankly, should have been done a long time ago, but is now only being done for political reasons. And I think they're being exposed for it.
1: Hogan, if Biden can get the Iranians to take some American hostages, then he would definitely be worse than Carter. (laughs) And Hogan, that's honestly, I'm not kidding. That's something I worry about because we know how they But They did that. But they did that. Exactly.
4: And and Biden, the the Americans that were on the ship and they had the the guns pointed at their heads. They made a statue of that over in Iran, if I'm not mistaken. So that's happened before. This is just a continuation of horrible policy, and I'll never forget people in the room telling Donald Trump he could never get peace over in the Middle East because you have to do things with Palestine a different way. You have to make Israel have concessions. And Donald Trump said, we're doing something different. We're going to recognize reality here and and Israel's sovereignty, and we're going to stand up for that. Other nations got on board, even ones that weren't necessarily traditional allies of Israel because they understood Iran was such a threat to the region. Why Joe Biden wanted to reverse that and why he's allowing um, you know, Hamas to, to thrive using money and weaponry, quite frankly, from this country and his policies is beyond me. But for the most part, you get a media per usual that's going to cover for him because they want the same things that Joe Biden wants.
1: And, you know, when you look at the things that the media covers with Joe Biden versus the things that the media covered with Donald Trump. It's absolutely astonishing. And I just always want to give you a chance because you were the one that had to be on the front line of that all the time in the Donald Trump White House. And I just, as each time I have you, I want to give you a chance to give commentary on, I know CNN was just, just fired someone for uh, saying something about a pro-Hitler, fired a contributor who posted pro-Hitler tweets um, and you know it'll barely get a mention, honestly, out there in in media today. It'll barely get a mention, as you know. It certainly won't be mentioned by the White House. There will be no mention of it on most of the nighttime television. Whereas, if that would happen, on on this net or network or any of the other so-called conservative networks, um, which we don't think of ourselves that way, we think of ourselves as balanced. But. <clears throat> It would be be everywhere. It would be plastered across the front of every newspaper tomorrow morning. It would be on every nighttime program. And you would certainly have been confronted about it if it happened during a Trump White House. And you know it. And Donald Trump, that would have been the only thing he was asked all day tomorrow and so on and so on and so on. And he would have been continued to have been asked about it for all four years of his presidency if it happened at the beginning. However, it's a whole different song and dance when it's Joe Biden. So I just always want to give you a chance to comment on whatever you'd like to comment on regarding that uh, t- completely different scale.
4: Oh, the standard's ridiculous. And you and I have talked about this and laughed about this before. Could you imagine if, if uh, Donald Trump had said at a microphone, hey, I don't want to answer questions. I'm, I really shouldn't because my staff may be upset give me a break. He, he often did things Trouble. just to, to mess with us on purpose. It was just kind of funny to be backstage with him, watch him wink, and then go out and call on someone who was overtly hostile just to have the sparring session, just to show the person he completely understood what was going on and that the reporter didn't. Um, those are the kind of successes Donald Trump did. And what, what, what the media refused to cover with him versus what they're covering with Biden is ridiculous. Think about this past week. So Republicans changed leadership in the House, getting rid of of um of Liz Cheney, you'd have thought that that was the most significant thing to the American people they had ever thought of. That the third in command in the House of Representatives for the minority party, Republicans. No one knows who that is. You'd have thought everyone did the way the press covered it because they refused to cover the Biden failures. They refuse to 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 press in on the world that's burning and it's Joe Biden's policies. To blame, as we talked about, Donald Trump passed policies that improved the lives of all Americans, regardless of race, religion, color, or creed. Biden is taking us in the opposite direction. The the, the Democrats are just are, are pushing as hard as they can to go even further left. The media refused to cover it. They refused to ask him questions. And when Joe Biden goes to the microphone and says, "I can't answer these questions," my question to that is, who can? You're the president of the United States, the leader of the free world. If we can't turn to you in a time of crisis, then who can we turn to? It it must be his staff who's running the show or some other radical left-wing Democrats who are pulling and manipulating his puppet strings because Lord knows Joe Biden barely knows uh, what time of day it is or where he is half the time, so he sure doesn't know how to fix any of the things going on. They're still calling lids early on in the day just like they were on the campaign. So what did you think was going to happen? He ran a whole campaign from his basement with scripted uh, answers from a teleprompter, scripted questions uh, that he knew were coming in, still couldn't get through those, still doing the same thing as president of the United States. So we're not going to get anything new here except more radical policies. He's trying to be so transformative early on in his administration that he wants to try to legacy build. The problem is the legacy he's building is one that is not America first, it's one that, that's America last, that's hurting working families in this country. And I think that is ultimately going to be his lasting legacy, regardless of whether or not the media decide to ask him any questions about his failures.
1: Absolutely. Hogan Gidley, thank you for being with us. Thanks so much. Hogan Gidley, former deputy press secretary, 445. Thanks so much. All right, coming up, we're going to show you the viral video of a former Hollywood child star getting into it with a Costco manager over their mask policy. It's good. And then we will go over the mask data that proves once and for all masks don't work. You don't want to miss this. All that's next right here on Dr. Chena Primetime. Stay where you are. Prime time. Now after the CDC finally said last week that it's okay for vaccinated Americans to toss off those masks, several retail stores have announced that they will drop their mask requirements. And I don't know about you, but so happy to breathe the fresh air. This includes Walmart, Trader Joe's, Publix and Costco as some of the big stores who have made that announcement so far. So former Hollywood child star, Ricky Schrader, Ran to Costco in Los Angeles to enjoy shopping without a mask and here's what happened.
2: Why aren't you letting me in? Because in the state of California in the county of Los Angeles and there has been no and Costco there's been no change to our mask policy. Not in the state of California or yeah, in the county. Of didn't South you see Las the Las news? Las you didn't no, see the news. Nationwide Nationwide Costco has said you don't wear, need to wear a mask. Yeah. And the mandate in California has not changed. There does seem to be the possibility that in June, by mid-June, that's a date that California, I oh, know, if is they us, if they allow us, if they grant us that, our kings, the people in power, you're going to listen to these people? Well, I know they have destroyed our economy. Well, they're sir, destroying they're evaluating. our culture. They're destroying our state. I see. And you're just going to listen to their rules. Well, what we are going to do is simply follow the guidelines... Okay. I'm getting my refund. I'm getting my refund from Costco. I suggest everybody in California get their refund from Costco. Give up your membership to Costco until they remove this.
1: Well, we need a whole lot more people to do exactly what Ricky Schroeder did. While it's true that Costco is trying to comply with LA's ridiculous mask mandate, it's also true that Costco and other retailers should have made a stand long ago against government overreach. and said. Heck no, we're not forcing people to wear masks in our businesses, and it all starts with consumers standing up. If a dozen people showed up at Costco every day and reminded store management that the customer is always right. Remember those words? Crazy, crazy, right? And that they aren't wearing that darn mask, then the mask mandates would have been gone a long time ago. Anyway, we still see people wearing their masks outdoors, walking by themselves, driving alone with masks on, my favorite one of all, Wearing them in the boats by themselves. I, I watch people go past in boats all the time, and they have, they're have they out there on their boats alone with a mask on. It's crazy. Or jogging or walking with their dog with the mask on. It makes me wonder, do you do you wear your mask at home alone with your dog, too? Do people do this? I don't know. So it's no surprise the ridiculous mask mandates have lasted this long and may just last forever if people don't stand up to this. And one thing we've learned over the past year plus of mask mandates is that Masks, by the way, don't work against COVID. The man with all the mask data joins me right now, Justin Hart, founder of Rational Ground. Justin, so good to see you.
5: Dr. Gina, great to be with you here on Monday.
1: Justin, let's go through some of your favorite graphs that I love to use here on the show. And I actually, you're not going to believe this, I had to post this on my neighbor you know, the little neighbor app you have where you're, you know, you're on there. And one of my neighbor things, I was watching this thread and it kept going on and on. People saying, yeah, I think we should still be wearing our masks when we walk around the neighborhood because it's just safer. And I'm, I'm reading this and there's like 30 comments and there's no one, no one saying anything to the contrary. So I'm posting, I'm going to your site and I'm posting all your data on my neighbor app. I'm like, golly people, Anyway, um, this graphic in particular shows the daily new cases in states that had mask mandates versus no mask mandates. I want you to go through it for us. Back line
5: indicates uh, states that had a mask mandate in place and the other line are states without a mask mandate. And the, the little quote outline there is when Texas lifted its mask mandate and uh, President Biden said it was Neanderthal thinking uh, Newsom said it was disgraceful. Uh, Beto O'Rourke said it would be a death trap and otherwise, right? It was a crazy scene. But you can see the case rates actually didn't change dramatically between between um, either set of categories there. In fact, as time went on, the states without masks fared much better than the states with masks. Uh, when we look at Texas, we look at Florida, we look at California, believe it or not, when you adjust for population, it turns out that there's about a 10% difference between all those states. They all ended up at the same place when it comes to the case rate, the number of cases per 100,000 in their population. So there's very little evidence that a population-wide mask mandate works in any significant factor uh, that would affect anything. If I'm being kind to your neighbors and to the people that we see, and even to the person there in, in front of Rick Shredder, I I would say, They just don't want to get in trouble. They've seen police actually tackle people for not wearing a mask. Uh, Here in California, uh, they still mandate this in a significant way. And you can get in serious trouble in some way. So I think perhaps it's just a matter of will, as you say, for people to get out there and just demonstrate that it's time to get these masks off. Uh, You know, uh, in, in a Santa Barbara newspaper, there was a headline. It said, masks are the chief ally of the flu. The general populace does not know how to keep them clean and wear them. That was an article from a Santa Barbara newspaper in 1918. We've known this for 100 years that masks don't work in the general mask mandate of a populace, and yet we continue to do
1: it. Wow, that's that's astonishing. And, this, and by the way, none of the information we're showing you tonight takes into account... Uh, the numerous schoolchildren that I happen to know of uh, who have staph infections, strep throat infections, other sorts of oral facial uh, infections. I talked to an oral facial specialist last night, in fact, who told me that the incidence of uh, mouth infections, throat infections, tonsil infections, facial infections has gone up exponentially with the mask wearing that we have mandated on human beings. And yes, there have been deaths from those things. And you can try to Google you have to go to DuckDuckGo if you really want to find any of this information because most of the search engines cover all this up. Um, this next graph we're going to show you shows this graph we're going to show you shows some of the data from Midwest states and mentions Biden's Neanderthal comment. Tell us about this one.
5: Yeah again what we find that's so interesting is that there's really little you can do to stop the the threat of the virus, whether it's lockdowns or mask mandates. Uh, You might as well put forth your puny arm to stop the Mississippi River. Um, It really is going to flow where it's going to flow. and, And the best cause of action is one of the things they took into account there in Florida, with Governor DeSantis, and also in some Midwestern states, which is, let's protect the most vulnerable among us. We know that the median age of death is about 80 years old, so our elderly at most at risk. If we had just simply taken that time to do that, I think we would have seen better outcomes. And again, in this graph, you see states that didn't have the mask mandates fared much better. If you consider that the key comorbidities and challenges with COVID are one, lack of vitamin D, And two, obesity, I'm not sure whose policy it was to stick us all inside, outside of the sun, eating takeout for a year, and somehow thinking that that was going to help curb the disease. Uh, It really exacerbated things in many ways. And what we're finding out right now, the worst case scenarios are coming true, which are that major cases of cancer were not diagnosed, especially during the spring. 50 to 70% of some cancers uh, were a reduction in diagnoses over March and April and May, and now we're reaping the terrible rewards or terrible impacts of those where you have stage 3 and stage 4 cancers. Just reported in Bloomberg yesterday that there are major exacerbations because people were so afraid to go outside and even afraid to go get treatment for what can be critical, critical physical issues with their body.
1: And, close, and, and closing the beaches... Uh, so people didn't get the normal vitamin intake of the sunshine and just all the different things. It's just it's, it's mind boggling uh, the way that this was handled. And it really makes you question uh, not just the wisdom of the government, but the honesty of the government. These are the kinds of things that make men cynics, I think, that uh, we always appreciate all the research you do. Uh, Justin, tell everybody where they can find everything that you do, please.
5: You can find me on Twitter at Justin underscore Hart, or visit us at rationalground.com. And we have a new website that we're partnering with to launch, which should be really interesting where we can capture your COVID stories. It's called COVIDStoriesArchive.org. And, and there you can share your experience with the pandemic. We think it's important for, and vital for our, you know, our posterity to know exactly what we went through here.
1: Will you be posting uh, people's stories about what's happened to them in stores and on airlines and things like that too? Or is this more focused on masks and things?
5: No, absolutely. Anything that you experienced over this time, we want to become, we want the site to become a historical record for that. So that's covidstoriesarchive.org. It's produced as a nonprofit with uh, some really credible historians. We hope that some uh, academic institution will pick it up and become a repository for, you know, documenting exactly what everyone went through, good, bad or indifferent here from the pandemic and from the lockdowns. Uh, So we we find that will be a really interesting place, especially we believe the pandemic is winding down.
1: Love it. Thank you so much, Justin, Justin Hart. We appreciate it.
5: Thanks, Dr. Gina.
1: Over the weekend, the Wall Street Journal posted this headline, Trump considers contenders to be his new social media outlet after big tech crackdown. CloudHub and Skylab apps are among the companies vying to work with the former president. Here with me now is the CEO and founder of CloudHub, Jeff Brain. Great to see you. Congratulations. These are some big headlines.
6: Well, thank you very much. We're very pleased by that headline. Absolutely.
1: Quite a big deal to be in the headlines as a potential social media partner with uh of all people, President Trump. Um, what can you what What insight can you give us? I know you can't tell us a lot, but what can you tell us?
6: Sure. Any Any discussions we're having with the president or his team, you know, we are not disclosing those. But CloudHub would be an ideal place for the president. You know, we're a platform created specifically for civic and political engagement, and as such, we bring people together to address the issues that impact their communities, their lives, and their country. On CloudHub he could mobilize his base, whether that's to uh, support a candidate that he supports or promote legislation or policies. On other platforms, people can post and, and just get likes, but on CloudHub, he can mobilize his base. And I think that's a reason that CloudHub is being considered for him.
1: And, and so wh- do you have any idea time frame when the president might make a, a decision uh, in finality?
6: Yeah, you know, any of those details, I'd prefer actually to let his side disclose if and when they disclose it. Uh, You know, we we are in discussions and uh, very pleased to have those discussions. We know he's considering a number of platforms, and we're one of those and and very happy to be considered.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so what has the feedback been since the article came back? I bet you've uh, had a lot of media requests. What else?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the public is very interested in seeing an end to the big tech censorship, and they're looking for platforms that can do that, and CloudHub is certainly one of those platforms. We allow free speech, and we're seeing, uh, you know, a lot of people happy to come to CloudHub. The experience is, you know, much different than other platforms. They're able to speak their mind, share content, without fear of being shut down, like they are on other platforms. We have groups that are organizing around issues on other platforms, they're shut down. Uh, we have channels where people are sharing information freely. Um, it's It's very positive and really great to see, and people are enjoying it. We're seeing a lot of influx of people from, you know, that announcement on The Wall Street Journal as well. and very pleased with that.
1: It is very exciting. Uh, heartfelt congratulations to you, Jeff. We've been good friends and and partners in many ways for you with you lots for a long time now. and uh, yes, we're excited to have you on. want you to keep us posted on all of this. Will you do that?
6: I'll be happy to do that. Thank you, Gina.
1: All right. Thank you so much. And congratulations to all your colleagues as well. Coming up, some news that you didn't know. And we have a Bill Gates update. You'll never guess who Bill Gates was hanging out with when his wife decided it was time to call it quits. The news about him just gets weirder and weirder. But uh, all they want to talk about is that other Gates. We're going to tell you about this next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: And here to help, just like she is every single day, coming to us from our RAV our headquarters in Denver, Colorado, Jessica Rivera. Jessica, great to see you. Great to
0: see you, Dr. Gina. And recently, the United States Marshals' report shows. 387 missing children were found in 2020. This is a record for missing children recovered ever, and it's close to 100 more than were were recovered in 2019. According to the FBI, in 2019, almost 422,000 children were reported missing in 2020. That number dropped to nearly 365,000. The FBI says the majority of missing children are considered endangered runaways. Some of the other factors that lead to children going missing in the U.S. are custody battles, drugs, child exploitation, sexual abuse, along with medical and mental health problems, with most missing children being between the ages of 4 and 17. According to the U.S. Marshals, this is an epidemic that has not been given the proper attention in the past. But between the years of 2016 and 2020, operations across the nation found 1300 missing kids and dr gina the u.s marshals did not say this but in all the research and reports that i can find it's very clear that the research uh, the reason more missing kids have been recovered over the past four years than ever before had to do with who was in the white house president trump made missing children a priority for his administration and so even though we may not have heard about them In the daily headlines, operations to recover these kids were ongoing for the whole Trump administration and they did not slow down or by any means stop. So currently there are 21,000 active um, actively missing kids in the United States and there are many agencies working still hard to find them. But we can only hope that no matter who is in the White House, our nation's missing children should always be a priority and they should always know along with their captors that we will never stop looking for them.
1: Jessica, you're right. This should not be a partisan issue, but what will be interesting is to see what those numbers look like uh, in a year or two. And I know of all people, you will be the one that will keep us on top of this. So thank you so much.
0: Of course. You're welcome.
1: All right. It is Monday. So that means we have an update from our favorite New York City radio talk show host. That is Kevin McCullough. Kevin, so great to see you. Thanks for being with us tonight.
2: Thank you, Dr. Gina, and I appreciate you soldiering through that uh, sore throat of yours. You're doing a great job.
1: (laughs) Oh, Thank you so much. All right, Kevin, we have a Bill Gates update, and I want to make sure and ask you about that because every day more is learned about that. Creepy life of billionaire Bill Gates. And the latest we hear now is that uh, Gates' soon-to-be ex-wife was furious that he was spending so much time with Jeffrey Epstein. And also, we now hear that Gates was forced off of the Microsoft board for inappropriate relationships with staffers. But, Kevin, the media pushed this image of this nerdy philanthropist who just wanted to use his billions for good. But that doesn't seem to be the case now, does it?
2: I, i'm I'm gonna go off script here, Dr. Gina. I, and and I feel like it's really important that I do this. I, there's not many times where I carry my faith on my shoulder. But when you live a life without God and extreme resources, you are led to some very dark places. And when you look and see what this guy could have done with his money, wanted to do with his image, et cetera, et cetera, and what it's starting to be revealed that he was actually doing, and uh, so forth, There's going to be an an entire wake of people who are hurt, damaged, broken because of this. It's not just it's not just creepy because it you know, it gives us the chills and it's kind of weird and out of the ordinary. This is immoral. And what what this guy was willing to us, you know, give mental assent to as being okay, And for whatever reason and for whatever length of time, his wife was willing to do it as well. Uh, We can't really comment on that. But what I can say is a path of destruction like few can leave behind them is what follows when you when you have all the resources in the world, but you have no moral component under which uh, by which to understand it.
1: It makes a lot of sense, Kevin, and I absolutely think that you're right. And I never mind you Brian, by the way, injecting uh, faith into all of this. All right, Kevin, it is now time for our meme of the day. I'm just going to have to admit this is one of my favorite all time, but I love them all. Anyway, here we have a picture of a brown lab with a military vest carrying what appears to be a Glock 17. So, although maybe a Glock 19, because if I'm looking, the recessed mag base. But anyway, uh, the words over it stating a fun fact no state in the nation requires a dog to have a carry permit. So, this meme was just too funny not to share with you, Kevin. And from what we can find online, we believe it's true. Because no can one can make to a walk- law that bans animals from carrying a gun. You know why? Well, a dog has never shot anyone, Kevin. So doesn't it kind of back up the fun fact that guns don't actually kill people? People kill people. And you probably won't see many people whose dogs are carrying their gun. But I know for sure you won't see a criminal with their dog carrying their gun for them. Your comment, Kevin.
2: No, I, I totally agree. And I'd like to know where I can get that holster for, for my canine. By the way, Dr. Gina, not to be uh, disagreeable. <laughs> That's, by my uh, naked eye, that's easily uh, a G26. So um, it's got the okay. shortened uh, handle without the, uh, okay. without the extension. That is easily, it's either a 26 or a 43. But what do I know? You know, I just like
1: guns. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't have that gun, but what I did do was bring my dog, and I was just wondering if, oh, you, if you could help me find a you holster. you got to warn us when a
2: cute bomb's going to go off. That's for- not fair.
1: For Petunia, um, she'd like to carry that gun if, if we could find the holster that will fit it. And I just thought I would it's bring small her enough and see her. if you...
2: she could do that. It, it's it's what? small enough for her. It's small enough for her. You <laughs> could do that.
1: That's right. That's right. There we go. Kevin, thanks for joining us tonight.
2: Thank you, Dr. Gina.
1: All right. And thanks to you for joining me tonight. Don't forget to join us tomorrow night. We'll have fun stuff in store for you that nobody will cover. Anyplace else, and we'd love to focus in on all that stuff happening from the 45 offices, too, here on your new home for real news, real America's voice, live from Studio 6B up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God, you go boldly now, and live the truth. See you tomorrow.